episode two coming at you. This episode, we're going to be talking about the Nebraska-Colorado game from last year, what we can expect from Colorado this year uh, as we look at the Colorado State game from last week. And then to finish off the show, I'm going to be talking about why whenever we hit the road as a fan base, it makes us appreciate the little things we have here. Stick with us. Let's do this thing! Welcome back to the Husker Half Hour. Uh, we're pumped you're here. We're pumped for this weekend. We're pumped to be here. We're pumping iron. No, we're not. <laughs> we're recording a podcast. We're recording a podcast. We're, I was trying to think of other pump things. Uh, Nebraska comes off the 35-21 win against South Alabama this past weekend. Woo! And we now take the much-anticipated trip out to Boulder, Colorado, as Nebraska is facing off with the uh, Colorado Buffaloes. Road trip. We're renewing the old rivalry. Should be a good time. Everybody raise your hands if you're driving to Boulder. We're expecting to see a big sea of red in Boulder. They are trying to prevent it, which has made Nebraska fans want to go even more. Raising us to the third highest ticket resale price of any game this season. And the Colorado Athletic Director called this the highest grossing game he has ever had in Colorado history. So really, they should really keep trying to schedule Nebraska. Anyone should, because they're making hella bank. Just wait until Nebraska-Oklahoma here in a couple years. That's going to go crazy. Yep. But uh, let's start off by talking a little bit about the disappointment that we felt in Lincoln last year after Nebraska lost Colorado yeah. and what kind of motivation that gives the team. That's the perfect sound effect for last year's game. So close Dang. yet so far, and it, it let us – it just was not how we wanted to You know, to I left that game and I was still, like, excited, though. I was mm-hmm. like, that was fun. I think it was a fun game to be a part of. It was a fun game to uh, – it sucked. It sucked. But also, I was like, I'm excited for this season. Like mm-hmm. that was, I'm okay with that as our first game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not okay with it as our first game. And I was definitely disappointed with uh, the injuries sustained, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit. Um, but I think overall, it was, a, it was a fun game to watch. It was a fun game to be a Husker fan at. Yes. Uh, it was fun for me to rekindle hatred of Colorado. And I think there is true hatred between these two teams coming into this week. We have a quote from... Uh, Steven Montez, the quarterback for Colorado, and he said in their Tuesday press conference earlier today, he said, as far as the talking goes, and I was referring to Nebraska, he says, they've done enough talking for the both of us. Really? Mm-hmm. Cam Taylor said after the game on Saturday that it's a target on their heads. Uh, when referring to the Martinez injury of last year. Mm-hmm. It's a target on their heads, and Montez comes back and says, you guys have done enough talking. Uh, we're, we're ready to play. Stop talking. Let's oh, do my it. gosh. Whatever. Buzz off. Uh, also... Uh, what's it, what's the name of the player who who rolled up on Martinez's knee last year? I don't remember, but he's he's out for this game, yeah, which sucks. Douchebag number one, yeah. Um, but I think that that's a big factor for Nebraska coming to this game is the motivation from that from the loss. Darian Daniels said after the game that uh, his coach didn't like Colorado. There were players in that team that had some deep stuff against Colorado. 
And because of that, he does not like Colorado, and he wants to go in and win. And I think that's the mood of the whole team. There's no love between us and those players after last year's game. Mm-mm. Also, especially after after the review of that of that of rolling up on the knee, it went to the NCAA, and there was nothing. They didn't do anything about it. Uh, one of the reporters today, um, I, I missed this in the article first time around. I got it pulled back up again, and I see this now. He says that someone asked him if he thought that Montez thought that. Colorado was the better of the two teams last year in Lincoln, which I think most Nebraska fans would give a resounding no, no to. Yeah. Um, and he said, I don't know. You guys watch the game. You'd have to tell me <laughs> he wouldn't bite on it, which yeah. basically means, yeah, he thinks they were, Yeah. Uh, but he doesn't want to create a soundbite. And I think that probably comes from the top. Um, the coaching in the athletic department probably doesn't want Colorado to have any sound bites, but everyone involved is ready for this game. Yeah. Uh, the disappointment last year for Nebraska, Colorado, the excitement of being able to come into Lincoln against their bitter rival and get the win. And now, and, rival, now, and, now, and now they have to come in and defend their home turf. There is motivation there. Nebraska thinks they're better in year two. Colorado's a new head coach, some nervousness there. It, it's a big game all around. Tickets are going for 200 250 bucks, yeah. sometimes more. Should be a fun one out in Boulder this weekend. So let's get right into the preview. Sure, let's do it. Colorado is coming off a 52 to 31 lot win, excuse me, against Colorado State. That one was in Mile High Stadium in Denver over the weekend. Pretty fun. Fun game to watch. Colorado was uh, on the ropes early. They didn't look like they were the, the better team in that game. It was seven to seven after one, and uh, Colorado only had a three point lead at halftime, 24 mm. 21. Uh, it, it was close. Colorado ended up pulling away at the end. They scored four touchdowns in the second half, and that's what did it for them. And they, a lot of them were pa- they were passes, right? Uh, they had two passing touchdowns, uh, four rushing touchdowns. Never mind. Yeah, uh, Montez was 13 of 20 for 232 yards, which people come into the season thought Colorado's strength is going to be their passing attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, 13 of 20, that's super similar to Adrian this last week. Yeah, Adrian was 13 of 22 for 181 yards, but no touchdowns, one pick. Right. Uh on the other hand, the the side of Colorado that people kind of thought maybe a little weaker was the rushing attack, uh, but they rushed for over 200 yards. Uh, their starting running back, uh, what's his name, Alex uh, Fintineau, he rushed for 130, ooh, let's check my stats here, 125 yards, which is 6.6 uh, yards per rush average and three touchdowns. So does Colorado come out this week? with a rush dominant attack after they saw what Nebraska did in quarters two, three and four to South Alabama, or did they amend their game plan a little bit and try to put the ball through the air? You have any thoughts on that? Um, sorry, you're saying coming into this next week, coming into this next week, do you expect that Colorado will continue their rushing attack? Or do you think this is just a, they saw a weakness in Colorado state and they try yeah, to exploit it for sure. Um, I don't know, dude. I think I think it's going to be interesting too as they look at the Nebraska game film from this last week, uh, what they're going to be looking for. Um, well, Frost didn't give them much. Right. So good luck. Yeah, I think I think if I was them, I'd be I'd be running on us and testing testing that. I don't think we especially were, early. Especially we, we weren't we weren't tested, especially after especially after last week. We weren't really tested um, compared to last year. I think what did we end up? We ended up limiting South Alabama to three point something yards per rush yeah, after a shaky first quarter. Yeah. It really picked it up in, the, in the, the second half. Yeah. So I think if I was Colorado, I'd come out running. Seems like if, if that was a strength for them this next week. Um, but for sure, the talk for us is going to be looking at Montez and Chanel and seeing if our secondary really improved over the course of last season, because at the end of that game, um, first game of the season for us, uh, they were passing all. I mean, Chanel seemed like he had control over our secondary. Chanel didn't have his best game. 
on Saturday. He had three receptions for 48 yards and three rushes for 35 yards, which isn't bad. Uh, not great. Not the type of game you expect from somebody who is probably the best player on that Colorado team, but it is a new offense uh, this year in Colorado. Colorado spreading the ball a lot more, a lot, a lot more pre-snap motion. Much more similar to the offense Nebraska has currently. Yeah, I was about to ask you what what's changing in their scheme from last year to this year. Just more spread, more um, modern spread. They're definitely taking a page out of the Scott Frost playbook with some of their play calls, where you have a running back who will motion out and kind of give a little screen option. Uh, expect some more pre snap motion. Some trying to confuse the defense uh, pre play. So if you go watch a Nebraska game, think of a more simplified version of that. That's what they ran against Colorado State, and that's what I expect to see again this next week against Nebraska. On the other side of the ball, Colorado State, I thought, did exploit some weaknesses uh, in Colorado. Their quarterback was 31 of 47 for 374 yards, three touchdowns. Um, on the other hand, they barely rushed for 100 yards, though. So, I'm expecting Martinez to have to play a little bit better for this game to go well. Um, Colorado's defense lacks speed on the other side of the ball. Um, and that's what Nebraska's offense thrives on is there were a lot of times where Colorado players were, they had the angle on the Colorado state guy and Colorado state would still be the angle mm. and they'd still make it to the end zone. Um, I have one play in particular. It was a fourth and two, uh, in the second half last night. It was just a little fly sweep and three guys in Colorado had the angle on him and he, he just beat around the corner because Colorado state's defense, especially the front seven, mm. uh, lacks a lot of speed. The back end the corners and safeties are all right, but their three, uh, linebackers along with their four offensive linemen are not going to be any more athletic. Uh, I'd, I'd expect it to be a lot less athletic than most of Nebraska's offense, and I expect Nebraska to exploit that. Um, hit me again with what were Colorado State's statistics after after this last weekend. Um, their quarterback was 31 of 47 for 374 yards and three touchdowns. They had uh, their receiver number nine was uh, – what's his name? Jackson. He had eight receptions for 87 yards uh, as well as a touchdown. Uh, rushing, they had – uh, that guy who had took the fly sweep, he was three carries for 59 yards, mm-hmm. which he was more of a, a Wandale in that offense somewhat, kind of a, a little more do it all. They're starting running back. Kinsey had 12 rushes for 41 yards. It's a 3.4 yard average, right. which I think it comes down to the, the lack of speed in Colorado's front seven. They're really going to want to, to limit the rushing attack and say, beat our corners. That's what I expect to see this next week is them to look at the Nebraska receivers and go, okay, beat us. If you're looking for uh, an offensive versus defensive storyline to watch, it's definitely a will Nebraska be able to run the ball? That that's, that's just gonna that's a will thing. And then Especially B come off of this last week. And then B are Nebraska's receivers going to be able to be more talented and to be able to win against the uh, the Colorado secondary? Those are the two keys for our offense, which I personally believe they're going to be able to do both of, and that's why I expect a big Colorado, or a big Nebraska win. Sure. Bigger than than maybe what some people are expecting. After you actually look at the stats, actually look at how they played last week, actually look at their their scheme and what their strengths are. Mm-hmm. As for uh, the other side of things, I think Nebraska is just going to have to be really good with their pre snap reads, mm-hmm. um, getting lined up right. I, I think this defense, after what they showed me from South Alabama, they have everything it takes to match up against this Colorado offense. Right, Chenault's going to get his. Montez is going to get his at times. Yeah, but let's it's, look last year, Chenault. Uh, he had twice as twice twice as many receptions as anybody else on the team. Uh, uh, he had ten receptions for 177 yards. Yeah, huge game and a touchdown. Uh, so can we take Chanel out of the game? Do we need to take Chanel out of the game? I'd say uh, he's going to get his, and you're not going to stop him all the time. But he is the number one key. Is you're going to have to get probably DiCaprio Boodle 
matched up on Chenault, and it's just going to have to become a personal thing for uh, whichever guy in the secondary is matched up against him. It's got to be personal all game. Take the ball out of his hands. Because if you take the ball out of his hands, Montez's hands are tied a little more on offense, and it, it creates a slightly more one-dimensional Colorado offense, mm-hmm. which is going to allow Nebraska's defense, I think, to play really well if you can just take out one guy. Yeah, dude, I think that was a good unpacking there of Colorado and what we saw in their game last week against Colorado State and uh, maybe some of what we're expecting to see this this weekend. It's going to be super interesting because um, Colorado is carrying over some of those same personnel, uh, but a brand-new coaching staff, right? Um, they're going to look the same in some of their talent, but also uh, look different in a lot of their schemes. And I think it's going to be super interesting for Nebraska fans to be able to watch that and um, the by the end of the season last year, both Colorado and Nebraska looked like very different teams. Ours for the better, theirs for the worse. And so uh, it's going to be cool to see now this game kicking off this season. Um, pivotal, I think you could say, in terms of uh, the the momentum that both teams have going into the beginning of their seasons. Uh, it's going to be a fun one to watch. So now, until the rest of the episode, until we end this half hour here, um, I have you guys as a bit of a captive audience. Um, I've been substitute teaching and I keep telling my kids, uh, every day whenever I show up in class that, uh, there's a captive audience. They get to sit there and I get to spew everything and it's just a bit of a counseling session. So <laughs> that's, um, that's a bit what we're going to have here. It's a bit of a counseling session. I'm just gonna, just gonna sit down in the old chair and, uh, grab my coffee and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna talk. You guys have to listen to me. I guess you don't have to listen to me. I guess you could probably turn off the podcast. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, it's my time to just, just unload a bit on, uh, some of you are traveling out to, to Boulder. You're taking the seven hour trip from Lincoln to Boulder or, um, a little longer if you're in Omaha or wherever you may be, you're driving out to Boulder. Um, there are 500 miles that separate good old Memorial Stadium with Folsom Field. And this is our chance to Bring some of those uh, those traditions with us to Folsom. Um, so I got a little segment here, and we're calling it Things That We're Going to Miss When We Go Away from the Place That We Love to Play on Game Day, Memorial Stadium. And um, I've come up with a little bit of a, a ditty for you guys. Here it is. These are the things we're going to miss when we go away from our favorite place to play on game day. Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! All right, that was good, huh? So, what are the things we're gonna miss whenever we whenever we go to Folsom? I think that as you travel to other stadiums, um, as I have had the opportunity to travel to different places, and Elijah's had the opportunity to travel to different places, we always we always have a chance afterwards to say, "Wow, that makes me appreciate these things about Nebraska and uh, Nebraska game days." And you don't really realize it. It's easy to nitpick until you go somewhere else and you say, wow, I miss that. <laughs> uh, there's obviously something uncomfortable about being in a new place. And um, we get to experience other game day traditions, which is awesome. It's good to stretch our experience and see how other places do it. Um, obviously, there's great things going on around the country in terms of game day traditions. And we don't have it all put together here in Nebraska. We definitely have some things we need to figure out. Like our our music selection could definitely use a a boost <laughs> compared to other places around the country but i think whenever i've finished games at uh after a bowl game or after a a trip to wisconsin or northwestern um i always finish and i say wow 
that makes me appreciate what we have a lot more. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna talk a bit about that. Talk about the things that I appreciate, and I think you probably, as a listener, as a Husker fan, appreciate about Memorial Stadium and game days. And it starts all at the beginning of the game. Something that we all appreciate and we miss when we go somewhere else is uh, that march into the stadium, whether it's from tailgating or from the bottoms as you march over that footbridge. Uh, that march into the stadium is a holy experience. Our pilgrimage to our holy place on a game day on a Saturday. Um, as we walk down Memorial Drive, there's not a lot of space there, and that's beautiful. <laughs> uh, between the parking garage and the Alumni Center and uh, the, uh, the rest of campus, we're closed in on Memorial Drive and we're packed in as we march towards the stadium. And as we get closer, we get more and more excited. Uh, we keep thinking about our seat. We look down at our ticket and we see <clears throat> where our seats are going to be and we imagine what that's going to be like. And uh, we're all crammed in into this literal sea of red. And that's a phrase that gets used so often. And it's something that ABC sportscasters uh, always somehow say at the beginning of the game as they're panning the cameras around. Uh, about our sea of red, but it's the truth, and it's totally an awe-inspiring experience to be walking through Memorial Drive, crammed in with thousands of other fans, uh, all wearing red, getting lost. It's like a it's like a pack of zebras. They have stripes so that you you can't distinguish which zebra is which whenever you're a lion hunting, and it's just like that with game day. <laughs> uh, we're all wearing red. You can't tell who's who. We become one blob of a Husker fan base and it's beautiful. And we miss that whenever we travel somewhere else. We're the ones wearing red. We're easy targets for those Buffs fans. Um, and we miss being packed in there as we get into the stadium. And we line up, we we line up and there's even more excitement as we, we go up the line up the steps into the stadium um, to get our, our tickets scanned. And once we get inside, I think something that is so unique um, and when we talk about this is just Husker fans in general. I've truly never been somewhere where fans are as welcoming as Husker fans to opposing teams and their fans. I think I think we have something figured out here at Memorial Stadium that uh, we don't have to cheer for their team, but that doesn't mean we have to attack their fans. And obviously, I think we've all been sitting around somebody, um, a Husker fan who doesn't represent that well, and it always makes us sad. But in general, the vast majority of Husker fans, I think, are so welcoming. There, there's a, a distinct traumatic memory in my brain as I was in the marching band walking into Wisconsin's stadium and a kid sees me in my marching band uniform and he, he looks at me and he says, Hey, you suck. And his dad leans over and high fives him and they laugh at me, <laughs> which didn't make me feel good in my marching band uniform. Cause, uh, I did look like a nerd, but, uh, there's something behind that. What is that? What is that dad teaching his kid about life and about sportsmanship and about, I don't know, just being a good person. Um, he just told me I sucked, and he was encouraged by his dad. And uh, I don't think that's that's something we don't really have that Memorial Stadium. We don't. I I think we don't seek after tearing down fans. I think we encourage fans for being to Memorial Stadium, and that's sweet that they are traveling uh, and cheering on their team. And then whenever we don't receive that experience somewhere else, it sucks. <laughs> um, so we're traveling, and. Uh, yeah, we are becoming those fans as well now. And so um, I think <clears throat> as as a, as visiting fans come here, I think we're going to encourage and we, you know, uh, maybe don't encourage, but we at least say good luck and best of luck. Hope it's a great experience. And people talk about it. And I love that about Memorial Stadium. Um, and that's something that we don't always get whenever we go somewhere else. So if this weekend, if you're traveling to Boulder and you do experience that, 
sweet. You should uh, you should take that in and appreciate it because that's exactly what we want to be doing here, right? Um, <clears throat> so you get to your seat. You've traveled in. You've been welcomed in by the Husker fans. You uh, you realize suddenly that the stadium is filling up. You've probably gotten to your seat 45, 30 minutes before kickoff, uh, and the stadium is already quite full. Um, the student section even, 20 to 30 minutes before kickoff, is filling up. It's getting close to, to full there. And when you go somewhere else, that's something I've, I've noticed and has been something that is so shocking every single time somehow of like, wow, what the heck? That student section, they got there halfway through the first quarter, maybe even at, at the, the switch between the first quarter and the second quarter. Now their student section is filling up. Um, and that is something that I appreciate about Memorial Stadium is that we are there ready to go. The people are excited to get in the atmosphere. Um, they, I think we all understand that the game is probably more exciting, just as exciting as, tail- as tailgating is. Uh, we're excited to get in there. And the, the hype, nobody wants to miss the beginning of our game, obviously, um, because we all know what that means we'd miss the tunnel walk and everyone wants to be there for the tunnel walk. And so I think it's a beautiful thing that I miss whenever I go somewhere else is that, man, this fan base sucks. They don't really care if they're here on time. Um, and speaking of which, let's talk about that. The tunnel walk. That's another thing that I think, obviously, whenever you go somewhere else, you say, man, I miss the tunnel walk. Well, duh. I think that experience is so unique to you, Nebraska, but I want to talk about the things that I love about Memorial Stadium that I miss when I travel somewhere else, when I hit the road, uh, about the tunnel walk. And specifically, that is uh, the way that we do it with the way that Husker Vision produces videos throughout the whole game, but also the tunnel walk. Man, those hype videos that they play before the game are so unique and such good quality. I think traveling around other to other stadiums, other schools, um, you know the difference between like uh, a high schooler or an intern or someone who's making videos uh, and someone who's a professional, uh, you can, you can usually always tell, obviously you can, you can, you can, I think most fans, uh, that's one thing that I think everyone has an opinion on and that's the quality of, of a hype video. <laughs> I'm sure there's some people who don't really care too much and anything hypes them up, but I think a videography is something that, that everybody, um, can be a part of being a critique of and, Going other places, man, their hype videos suck. Even before games, it's not like uh, doing something before kickoff like the tunnel walk is not unique to Nebraska, but the quality at which we do it is phenomenal. I think the Husker Vision videos, phenomenal quality. Um, cinematography, the idea behind them. Last year with those scripts as uh, old players and current players um, said those lines were awesome. And then with the tunnel walk, we've got those lights and the hazers that they've put into the to the tunnel walk experience, uh, which are sweet as we get ready for that. And then they've included those wraparound screens too, those new wraparound boards in North Stadium. Um, screens, the amount of ability to to see the game, see replays in Memorial Stadium, going to other stadiums where the screens, I think maybe you'll, I, I don't know what you'll notice in Boulder, but um, the accessibility for everybody to see a screen, whether it's the Jumbotron or whether it's people in North Stadium, instead of now, instead of having to turn around and look at the Jumbotron, they can look at those wraparound screens. Um, I think that's a, that's a great thing that we miss whenever we go. Um, to other stadiums is just screen the amount of screens (laughs) the quality of the screens um, and then also the quality of the things that's being put on those screens so you're sitting in the game the game started obviously Um, you had the pride of all nebraska march before the game the tunnel walk the players are on the field we we get going the first kickoff and that's when you get hungry 
And that is something we miss when we travel, which is sitting in our seat and enjoying the sweet, sweet taste of a Fairberry brand hot dog, not a sponsor of the podcast. Uh, or maybe we're feeling a little more hungry than a hot dog, and we grab a, a warm slice of Valentino's pizza. Oh, there's nothing like a cold-weather game at Memorial Stadium um, when you get a warm Valentino's pizza, hamburger pizza, nothing like it, um, cut into a triangle, which always feels weird after usually eating Valentino's pizza in squares, and or on a cold-weather game, biting into a nice steaming hot runza, also not a sponsor of the podcast. Um you so you you love it. You love those foods. Uh, there is something. There's there's a way that Valentino's pizza can not taste good sometimes, but every single time you eat it at Memorial Stadium, man, that is a gold mine of pizza and bits and pieces of chopped up hamburger or a runza sandwich. The you know the day after you're remembering the football game not necessarily because of how great the game was but because no matter how the game turned out but because the things that that runza has done to your insides it's like the game all over again well that's a beautiful thing right there <laughs> um so yeah these are the things that they taste so a runza is arguably pretty icky i think uh especially what it does to your insides but whenever you're eating it at a football game holy smokes that is game fuel right there baby um, and those are the things we miss when we travel somewhere else. Boulder's got, got craft breweries. Psh, psh. We've got a genuine Runza sandwich right there. Is a Runza a sandwich? That's the real question. Uh, does it count as a sandwich? It's a bun stuffed with meat and cheese and, and vegetables. What's the definition of a sandwich? That's a that's a question for another another podcast. Uh, we also, as we eat, as we dig into that that delicious food, uh, we're surrounded by other people. Also, probably pounding pounding down a valentino's pizza um, but they're educated the people surrounding us are an educated fan base uh and i think that is something that we we miss and we learn that we appreciate whenever we go somewhere else i think every i think for the most part i think there's definitely times where where some mob mentality kicks in in memorial stadium but every time that there's a penalty or uh, a chance that uh, uh a play is under review and, and and we watch the replay i think 85 percent of the time the, the fan base at, at Memorial Stadium understands what the correct call should be and understands the rules of the game. And uh, I think we go other places, and, man, there's some some trash calls. Or there is, there's a call that the official gets perfectly. And because it doesn't go in their team's favor, the, the whole crowd begins to boo or begins to uh, uh, freak out a little bit. And I think that in, in Nebraska, I think for the most part, our fans can look up at a replay if there's a call that, uh, let's say, a pass interference call against us. We might boo initially, and we look up at the screen and watch the replay, and we go, ah, yeah, that's a good call. That's a good call. Let's move on. Next play, next play. And I think I appreciate that whenever I travel other places, and I say, wow, you guys are annoying. You should probably learn how the game of football works. Uh, and finally, I think we all stick together as a fan base. We all we say it all the time. We We all stick together in all kinds of weather, and that is that is so true, and I think um, whether that is last year in the rainstorm, all of us waiting it out to see if the lightning would pass over, really, if anybody looked at the radar, we would know that there's no way that thing wasn't getting canceled, but we stuck together, we waited, we experienced that, that downpour together, or um, a cold weather game, we're all going to stick in there with our hand warmers and 14 layers, and we're going to cheer on our Huskers, and I think that is that is a sweet thing, and I think we also need to remind that, and remind ourselves of that 
as we travel to Boulder, as we go to Folsom Field, that we all stick together, uh, no matter the circumstances, no matter what's getting yelled at us, no matter what happens. Hopefully, I, I'm going to give Colorado the benefit of the doubt. I hope their fans are awesome this year. Um, but in the, the case that it's not, we stick together because we're Nebraska fans, all types of weather. Um, and so as we travel this weekend to Colorado, um, if you are lucky enough to travel, um, you are taking – a piece of Memorial Stadium with you. You're taking a bit of being a Husker fan with you. You are representing our team. You're representing our fan base um, to the world. And I think that's a sweet thing. I think that was one of my favorite things traveling with the marching band was we are delegating. We are we are a piece of Memorial Stadium wherever we go. And there will be people at that game. Uh, there will be kids at that game who come with their parents um, who have never been to Memorial Stadium before. That This is the closest they've, they've gotten seeing the Huskers play, that uh, this is the closest they've gotten to – to, to being a part of Memorial Stadium and we are taking that with us and I think that's such that's such a that's such a a, a burden and such a such a, a deep thing and it's sweet uh, that we are taking these traditions whenever we leave the game we say wow I miss Memorial Stadium um, and I have uh, objectively I can say that what we have in Nebraska is like no place in the country um, in our personal opinion. And so uh, we are representing the Nebraska Cornhuskers and we are going to scream our faces off um, and then we're going to leave respectfully and go back to our cars. Um, and it's going to be a great time. And so if anyone who's traveling this weekend, best of luck. Um, travel safely, drive safe, uh, come back, tell us all about it. We can't wait to hear your stories. So, uh, in conclusion, wrapping up our Husker half hour, uh, go Big Red. <laughs> That's all the conclusion we need, right? So, uh, signing off for Husker half hour, this has been Herbal and Elijah Herbal. We're glad you joined us here, wherever you may be. Uh, have a great weekend. Be safe. We love you. Thanks for being being a part of this with us. Bye.